Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How clutter ruins your business. Sometimes we don't really think about our surroundings or even our virtual surroundings affecting the way we run business every day. I just finished a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And I know that you've probably heard of it before. Maybe you've even read it. The KonMari Method. And I was really inspired by it to integrate it into my business Um, as well as my personal life and it just made sense and and Desiree has read it too and we just it was sort of the inspiration behind this show and so we are back with episode three and we're going to be talking about decluttering your business and why you should my name is Amy and I'm here with Desiree hello and we are the indie parent we hope you join us every Tuesday night at 9 p.m eastern for a new show Okay, let's get started. So we have broken up a few categories of clutter that can be in your life and in your business life, and and we want to tackle each one individually. And we're going to start with paper clutter. Desiree, do you have a lot of paper clutter in your office? You would think that we wouldn't in this day and age, 2015. Why do we still have so much paper in our life? <laughs> Seriously. I don't. I read this like this stat once that was saying we ended up like in the whole digital age, whatever you want to call it, that we actually ended up with more paper clutter than before because now people get an email, but then they also print it. And oh this, gosh. I mean, my partner found this when he was working in a, like a corporate job, where he would have office mates who would print everything and like every single email they'd get, they'd print off and like keep it. But I don't. What are you keeping that for? You just file it away. I know. On your, in your email. So I know. I actually don't have a lot of paper clutter because I'm pretty like intensely anal about getting rid of it. And I recycle pretty much everything. I don't I don't even open most of my like bank statements and bills because they all come in my email anyways. Right. I just shred them and throw them away or recycle them. So I'm I'm doing pretty good with the paper clutter. But it does I mean when we were when we were moving last month, we found sort of hordes of paper clutter that we had sort of stashed away. So it wasn't so much the, you know, like the visual on my desk clutter. It was like the stuff that ends up in drawers, the old bill from like eight months ago. But why do you need that? Because no one needs their hydro bill from, you know, last Christmas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you need to record those numbers or you want something, well, I don't scan it or write it down or keep it in a file like on your computer but you don't need to keep those pieces of paper. You really don't need any of that unless you need it for some sort of legal reason, right? So unless it's a super important tax paper or something like that, I think that you can pretty much get rid of all of that paper. Yeah, I think when I think about the bulk of the papers that I still have in 2015, they are mostly bills and they're bills that I haven't yet switched to paying virtually or online or automatically paying, which would be another form of decluttering is having your bills automatically taken out of your checking account. 
that mm-hmm. would save you a step and and save the the paper clutter as well as just the mental clutter of having to pay it. And so when I'm looking, because I have a little inbox, like a physical inbox of paper, and most of it, it is just bills that I haven't, like utility bills and things that I haven't switched to just paying online. And so that's my own fault. And I find that I don't really organize my papers until it's tax season and I have to go through everything and figure that yeah. out. And I, you know, and, and in the, in the midst of all these suggestions we're giving you, we're not saying that we are that great at doing this ourselves. And we actually need this as a kick in the butt to, <laughs> to a little reminder, <laughs> a little reminder, because we're both feeling very overwhelmed and disorganized right now this week specifically. And um, I'm looking at my papers and thinking, when do I really file these away? Because I do have a file cabinet, although it's only one drawer. And I try to keep it to one drawer because I don't need to save everything, only if I need it for my taxes. And then again, I could be storing that online into documents, a Google Doc or a spreadsheet. There's so many different forms of software to, to keep your finances straight, like QuickBooks and and probably a million more. So for our business, we use... Um, I'm going to forget the name of it. Oh, oh zero. Zero. Okay. I don't know about that one. We use zero for all of our invoicing and things. And that keeps mm. track of, you can put your receipts into it and all that. And to be honest, I'm not the one who does a lot of the, <laughs> the paperwork for uh, Kids & Co. Media. I get my partner to do it because he's far more organi- organized than I am. So when I do things like, you know, I put gas in the car, I have like a hotel bill or something that's a business like a write-off, I make sure I just hand all of those receipts to him and he inputs them and make sure they live in our system so that when we hand it over to an accountant at tax season, it's already all in there. And we're not, I mean, it's not every single day that we're entering it. It's sort of in batches, but as long as you sort of put that in your calendar to remind you maybe once every two weeks to input all of the things and then it's not as overwhelming. I think that part of the problem with paper clutter especially for my generation, I'm 40. And I grew up and in in early in my career, when I worked in an office, it was all about paper. And I even still like to keep a paper calendar, I like to still do a paper to do list, because there's something, uh, I think, emotional about that, or it's more satisfying to pick up that piece of paper to read something, I still would rather read a real book compared to a Kindle. And so I could see how it can be difficult to like not want to print a contract to read it or to sign it physically with a pen and paper. Um, so I think it's all about balance. I still am always probably going to have my paper calendar and that's completely fine. That's one little piece, one little book, but it's the print, like Desiree said, the printing of things that you can store in an email archive or on your computer or on a hard drive that I, I challenge you to try to do more of your transactions that way and see if it affects you that the, just the clutter around you really does set the mood for your day and if you're distracted by that pile of paper in the corner you're not going to be as productive getting your deadlines done or having an inspiring moment where you come up with a great idea for your business so it really is difficult to change those habits but i have to say it, it can be somewhat life-changing and that that book that i mentioned really speaks about that a lot. Paper, let's try to declutter it. Okay, next, we're going to move on to desk clutter, which could include paper. Yes. (laughs) When I'm looking around, like my desk, and I should take a photo of it, it is pretty small. 
It's a it's from IKEA. It's it's very narrow. It's just a plain white desk with two very narrow drawers that don't really hold that much, but I'm glad that they don't because I don't have much in them. I just have a few supplies that office supplies that I need and and one of them is to hold the bills that I don't yet have online to pay. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say. And then my my desk is the one area that I do keep pretty organized and clean because it is the place that you're staring at all day when you're working. And so it should be clean and it should be a fun place. Maybe there's a few pieces you put on there. I, like I have an owl pencil cup that I like that I've had for years and I'd like to look at it. I have a neat little light on my desk to give me extra light and it's it's kind of funky and neat and um you know, I, I just in my calendar, of course, my paper calendar and a fun mouse pad. But, you know, I think that our desk tends to cl- clutter the probably the the first, the the fastest. Yeah, because you're sitting and, there and everything yeah. you touch ends up sort of. And you eat there. <laughs> you, if you're like me, you probably eat there. And so <laughs> it gets dirty. And so it but it should be the one place that is always neat and clean when you come to it, because that is your main hub. That is your that's your inspiration that's the, the place where you come with the most inspirational ideas and that's where you are the most productive. I've read a lot of things who or a lot of articles that, that sort of say, you know, a, a creative person has a very messy desk and that helps your mind, mm. you know, take on a few different challenges at once because you're sort of having to always multitask with whatever you're thinking about. But I find that a messy desk, I'm, I can't do, I can't get anything done. It's the same if, the uh, if I have too many tabs open, mm-hmm. or if I have something else, like a lot of times when I'm writing, I will full screen, like right. my Google Docs, so that I can't see anything else because I can't, I can't look away from all of the other little bits that are happening. It's like right. oh, my email pops up, which I should turn off, right. and you know my phone buzzes or my something else happens. But I need that sort of full white space to write effectively. Uh, when I'm doing something like a longer blog post or an article or something that I have um, have to get done. But I find that if I'm writing and I have, you know, 20 tabs open and something else and this and, you know, as I'm saying that, it's like, oh, an email pops up. Right. And I just I get so flustered and I end up doing a little bit of everything. And I've had days where I get to the end of the day and I think, well, I did a little bit of 10 projects and I never mm-hmm. finished anything. <laughs> and it drives me crazy. So I feel yeah. like... My desk needs to be a very sort of zen area, and I feel like for posterity, Amy and I should both take a photo of our desk and just include it in the article for today. We should. Because mine is, well, I record podcasts in sort of like a little, we'll call it the clothis. It's like a closet slash desk <laughs> situation, which is not where I work all day because it's quite dark, but it's great for recording the podcast because like, I'm kind of in a little corner. Right. But I will. I will take a picture and show you that. There's not a ton on my desk. It's not beautiful or anything, but there's mostly just the mic wires and the mouse wires. Right. So, Amy, you take a picture, too. You yeah. like to keep your area pretty clean, too, because you do all your videos in your office. I do. I, <laughs> I, I don't do my, my recipe videos in here, but I do right. um, my other ones. I call this whole space up here the Mom Spark Suite. And so if I'm going to put it on video, I've got to keep it somewhat clean. But the issue is, is that I have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my little one specifically likes to get out toys up here because there is so much space. And so when I show you the, I'll show you the full image of what it looks like today. Cause my desk is clean. Yes. 
Now, I can't say that much for the rest of the area up here. It's a mess right now. But well, yeah. yeah, this is our bedroom. <laughs> the, uh, the What's behind me is just a really big, messy bed and lots of clothing and boxes because we're still not totally unpacked right. uh, from moving. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and, looking and, behind me is not not super zen, but and okay, so so dust clutter, I think that's a pretty no bra- no brainer, and you know just keep keep your space clean and so that you can really focus on what you need to focus on and you don't have those distractions. Exactly. And this leads into what we kind of have already brushed on home clutter. Uh. You think, oh my <laughs> my personal life doesn't have anything to do with my business life? I say even if you don't work from home. When your when your home is a mess and cluttered, you are still distracted when you go to work. Whether you're going into another room and home or you're leaving home and going, you still have that on your mind. Because and then when every time you return home or go down, like me, go downstairs, it's so it's so, it's so heavy. You don't want to come home to a very heavy environment. Yeah, that, that's the perfect word for it too. Yeah, so I can remember when I when we lived in a house and not an apartment that basement was the place where you know all Mm. things went to be forgotten but I could I just knew it was all down there and it was so it would make me very anxious that there was so much stuff in my basement even though I never really saw it because I never went down there right just just know it weighs on you exactly and you know for for those of us who do work from home it's it's an extra challenge because and if you know we obviously all have kids and to try to keep the area is somewhat tidy and and every day is really difficult and you know work from home and this and that and one of the things that's great about that book is she talks a lot about how to keep things tidy on a daily basis which most of us probably don't do and Mm -hmm. one key way to do that is to not have as much stuff and if you have kids you probably have a lot of stuff that your kids don't need, you don't need, or you just don't have the time to really go through. You, you think you don't have time to go through and like purge and get rid of some things. But I if tell you, you don't, what, it wastes so much time in other, it in does. other parts of your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, you end up spending way more time either cleaning up an excess amount of things or just being stressed that you cannot get un- from underneath the, the clutter. So, you know, in the KonMari method, she speaks about purging every category in your home. So not every room. And this is, I was making this mistake, too, and I never really thought of it this way. Me but, she, but I would go and purge each room one at a time. But the problem with that is that you may have some of the same things in every room. And then when you total it all up, it's too much. Like clothes, you could have clothes in multiple rooms. Like I could have a jacket or, or two in like several different rooms because there's closets and multiple rooms. Or I could have toiletries that are all over each bathroom or makeup in every bathroom or whatever it is. There, the way you, you need to organize by category and clean by category to get rid of things. And I, I, that was really eye-opening to me because I never – and in my house, it's toys because I have toys upstairs here in my office – so that he can, you know, my son can play while I work, if that's the case. And then he's got toys in his room. And then he probably has some toys in, down in my bedroom. And I was cleaning by every room or decluttering by other, every room. But he's got toys throughout the whole house. So I need to just concentrate on toys first. 
And that's mm-hmm. going to every single room and purging toys as one thing, not by each room. And that's and, and I'm still in the midst of trying to get a handle on it. And I'm not anywhere near done. But it makes sense. You have less one stuff. Step at a time. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's such a simple concept. You have less stuff. Yeah. And so then that's less stuff you have to pick up every day. Because you should be able to pick up every day. And that's her whole point. You should, there should not be so much stuff that there's, it's impossible to clean it up every day. So that yeah, we Because do, everything should have a place. Exactly. And it very easily be put away. And that was, yeah, that was one point that I really liked from her. Mm-hmm. She talked about how we often store things in a way that makes them really easy to get them out. But that's not the problem. It's, we're not, we don't have a messy house because it's hard to get something out. We have a messy house because it's hard to find where it goes back or it's hard to put it, you know, you need to make it really simple and really minimalist in where things belong. So, it's, you know, that this purse, when I put it away, always goes in the same spot or this right. toy of my daughter's always goes in the same spot. And that helps the kids clean up, too, because she doesn't talk a lot about kids in the book, but it's very easy to relate the fact that, you know, if all of my and I did this with my daughter's toys, all of her dolls are in one box, all of her like Playmobil toys are in another box and they're sealed and they're labeled and they're put away Mm -hmm. and she can easily get them in and out, but she knows exactly where they all go. So that makes a big difference when I say, go clean your room. She's six. What does that mean to a six year old? (laughs) That means go play in your room. They don't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, they don't have that concept of it like we would, but I think that when they specifically know where each little thing goes away, it's so much more manageable for them to just do it on their own. It's so much easier for them and less overwhelming for them to mm. clean up after themselves because it's very easy and simple. And, you know, another thing in the book, she says that that doesn't mean that you have a stack of boxes a lot that line a whole wall. Just because you have a place for it doesn't mean that you need to have stacks and stacks and stacks of it because yeah. it, you call it, you're calling it organized. It means that it's it's very simple and uh, it does have a place, yes, but that doesn't mean that you have like 30 purses just because you have a place for it. It has to really spark some joy in you. And I know this is mm-hmm. kind of like a, some people might think that this is weird. Oh, it's kind of corny, but I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I really love it. She says yeah. that to, to decide whether or not you should keep something, you pick it up, each thing, each item, pick it up and, and decide if it sparks joy within you, which is a whole new way of looking at your clothing or books and and things like that. And it's and it, and it is kind of a time-consuming way to do it. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because a lot of times I look at the stuff around me and I'm like, really, none of this gives me joy. There's only about a few things in this room that really give me joy. So why am I holding on to it? Exactly. And it goes back to that. It's that William Morris quote, right? The uh, have nothing in your house that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. Mm. So it's you know, do I have this particular thing because I could afford it at the time? I thought it was kind of neat. Or do I have it because I actually use it and I actually love it? Like when I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, right. not, oh, crap, I'm going to have to pack that up the next time I move, you know. Right, exactly. Sorry. One of my okay. favorite things that she says in the book is when, you know, you talk about that, her concept of going through and holding each item and saying, you know, is this mug something? That's my problem, mugs. There's so oh, many. Me too. <laughs> she'll hold it you know does this bring apart does that bring about that that sort of spark moment do, do I absolutely love it and once you do that with all of your belongings which sounds a bit nutty but it really hones your ability to make those decisions 
which translates into your business. When an opportunity comes your way, you can more easily say, yes, that's for me or no, that's for me. Not yes, I'm taking it on because I can, but yes, I'm taking it on because I want to and Mm -hmm. because it will serve me Mm -hmm. because it's good for my business. Not yeah, I can because I know how and I happen to have time right now, but is it actually something that you should be doing or want to be doing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a very intentional decision. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, okay, this is hoping this, this throw everything in, in the bag. And there's like, there's a disconnect there. It, exactly. it, it, she takes it a, a level further and that tried to really decide on an emotional level, if, if these things really mean anything. And you will find that most of the stuff we have doesn't really mean anything to us. And so it's just heaviness and it's just a burden, really, even though you may not, it, it's a, it has a subtle way of, of doing that to your life. You don't think of that, you know, at the top of your head, those things are surrounding you really affect how you mm-hmm. feel. It's something that's, I think, a very slow progression that becomes heavier and heavier. And, you know, when you go, when I go to a hotel room, everything is very simple and minimalistic and I'm very, I'm so organized and everything always feels so light when I unpack my bag when I'm in a hotel room. Everything That's has funny. its place. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> it's so amazing. And I always feel, and then I write the best when I'm in a hotel room or when I'm on an airplane because I'm not surrounded by all this chaos. The distraction. It's crazy. I just went away for the weekend to Blue Mountain. And when I walked into the hotel room, it was the same kind of thing. It was like, oh, everything's just very... zen (laughs) very clean and the sheets are nice and white and everything's very lovely and yeah I was so much more productive now I also didn't you know have my family around so that helps (laughs) right um but yeah it makes a big difference when everything around you is just very like very nice and very even and very light it's just easier to uh get your brain going it really is and you'll be surprised what you can produce when you're in that kind of environment Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to Desiree. I'm, I'm going to hand this off to you. Emotional clutter. Yes. Okay. Mm. Emotional clutter is the stuff that. I mean, this is the, this is a trickier one because this goes beyond. It goes beyond your business, but it really, really relates back. Emotional clutter to me is the people and things that we worry about, and the things that are sort of that nagging feeling at the back of your head that follows you around all day. Yeah. Do you ever get that feeling where, you know, something is just sort of frustrating or you got to get something off your mind or someone said something to you that upset you or something that is just sticking in there? You have to, you know, I always say you have to sort of, you have to walk through it. You have to, yeah. okay, that terrible feeling I'm having in the back of my head, I have to, like, get face to face with it and say, okay, why am I having this? Does it actually matter? Am I just worrying it for the sake of it? Does it affect my life? Does it affect someone else's? Get those little bits out of the back of your head and really think through them in a way that distances yourself from it. So, you know, if someone leaves a mean comment on a blog post, that's a pretty easy example. Mm -hmm. Think about, you know, does that really affect you? Does it really change anything about you? Do you believe that about yourself? Do you believe that about what you wrote? And then work through it in a way and just sort of let it go. And it sounds, again, kind of cheesy, but just, you know, see you later. Write it down if you have to. Throw it in the garbage if you have to. Get Just get rid of it. Because once you can sort of free that space up in your head, 
your head starts to feel lighter and it doesn't feel like, you know, that cluttered living room of yours. Your head starts to feel a little more zen and you can concentrate on the things that actually matter to you. That and, you know, emotional clutter can be from even your colleagues or your team, employees, customers, uh, you know, some of those things you may not be able to walk away from and distance yourself. It may be that you need to stop and try to work through that and try to come up with a solution so that that those those yucky feelings in your stomach aren't nagging you every day. Sometimes that might mean letting someone like an employee go. Or maybe it means that you have to work through some issues with your personal relationships. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, some things we can, like, you know, like a comment and things like that, uh, or maybe even a bad customer review or a bad customer experience, we can kind of like move on. But if we're seeing the people every day that are causing this emotional clutter, we've got to stop a second, even if we're busy, and really work through that because it's not, it, those things just never go away. Those feelings always are going to hurt and be another heavy thing in your life if you can't work through it. And mm-hmm. even if it's not something that ends up being the the way we expect it to, at least we kind of worked through it and got to the other side of it and there was some kind of closure. Okay. And I know that that's not easy. You know, I've I've been in business for a long time and I've had to let employees go or contractors go and it's extremely stressful, so yeah. stressful. But it's necessary and it's inevitable and it's going to happen. And it's part of the, you know, it's a part of business that is not my favorite. It's not anyone's favorite, but it is, it affects you, your personal life. If you can't, you know, get through that. So emotional clutter is a big one. It really is. And it's, it goes on, it's on many levels and there's many layers to it, but it affects all parts of your life. There's two things that I try to think about when something something really, really crappy happens mm-hmm. and I'm totally bummed out and, you know, it feels like one of those, okay, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. This is the worst, this is whatever it is, whatever terrible thing has befallen. Mm-hmm. I think two things. One is when was the last time I felt like this? Yeah. And then what happened? Do I still feel like that about whatever that previous thing was? Right. Probably not. Probably I'm over it. Probably I've worked through it. So that sort of inspires me in a way that, you know, it's, okay, well, this other really terrible thing happens and I worked through it and I got over it and now I'm here. So this terrible thing is not going to be the be all and end all. I will work through it. I will get over it and I will carry on. And I think you sort of give yourself a bit of hope when you look back at the situations you've been through before and you know that you got out unscathed. (laughs) And... I mean, mostly unscathed. Yeah, there's things that sort of have a lasting effect on us, but you ha- you have to move on and every experience is going to teach you something completely different. The other thing that I think about is, well, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst, worst thing that's going to happen out of this crappy thing that's happened? Like, what? Mm-hmm. what's my escape plan for the worst thing that could happen? You know, for example, it's, um, you know, if again, go back to that bad comment. Say you have that on your business site. What's the worst thing that could happen if someone sends you a nasty comment? Well, then they're not going to buy from you mm-hmm. or they're not going to sing your praises or maybe they're going to tell more people that your business sucks. You know, maybe something like that. But it's one it's one person in that case. You know, it's one little thing. 
can you, you know, find the best way to approach that? Do you talk to them? Do you do whatever? And then just think about the worst possible thing that could happen. Think of your escape route to that. And usually the worst thing doesn't happen. No, and usually never does. Right? So <laughs> even, like the worst thing that your head can think of is probably not going to happen. And if you can get over that very worst thing and find a way to deal with that, well, then you're probably going to be fine because whatever does happen is not going to be as bad. Almost always. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, in the, in the moment it feels huge and it feels heavy. Yeah. But it's, um, but it is good to, to maybe just put, you know, shine some perspective on it and say, you know, really, what does this mean? Is yeah. this worth it? And then, and then I'm, I'm kind of like, I always think of what to do to take action on it, to either make myself feel better or to make the other per- person feel better or to try to just work it out so that we can both be, you know, just in a better place. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's definitely a big one. And I think there's sort of, there's one other sort of emotional clutter and that is people in your life who, whether they were friends previously or coworkers or a spouse or something, mm-hmm. something there's people in your life that don't need to be there. Right. <laughs> and that's sort of harsh, but it's true. if you have a friend or someone who's always bringing you down, who is a drain, who, you know, every time you hang out with them, you just think, oh my goodness, I can't, they're just, these, they're dark negative people. And you know what, maybe they're going through something else and maybe there's a way that you can help them and maybe there's not, but sometimes right. you have to cut people out. It's true. It's and not it's easy. Harsh. But, yeah. and it's not easy, but you know what? Everyone in your life serves some sort of purpose. So teaches you some sort of lesson and you're teaching them some sort of lesson, but you can't, you know, give up on what you're working on or, you know, forsake your own needs for someone else. If that's a constant always, and there's nothing you can do about it. If this is just you know, I've had people in my life who, you know, every time you hang out with them, they're very, like, you can just feel it. Again, there's that heaviness, that darkness. Mm-hmm. And if it's beyond the point where you can't help them or guide them to help, then I just, I mean, it, I'm going to sound really, really like a jerk right now. I just feel like those people can't stay in your life for now, maybe again later. But if it's someone who's always dragging you down, you don't need that. If you feel like you have done everything you could as a friend, as a family member to help that person, mm-hmm. and then it's to the, you know, it, it's unbalanced in that you're giving so much and you're not receiving the same, you know, comfort back or investment back, it's, it, it, it's not worth it, especially you're a parent yourself. You've already got a lot on your plate. You're a business owner plus you're a parent you're not really required to do anything else beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so if you are still and it's not working, then you've got to make a big decision on whether or not that's a smart move for your family. I think about my family. I don't even think about myself. Yeah. I think, is this enhancing my family's life? Is this adding joy to my family? Is this helping my family financially? You know, I think of all those things. It's like the big picture. And if it's not because I'm a mess, because of this particular person is maybe so emotionally taxing that I can't give that same emotional care to my family or my business, it's never going to work for me. It's it's Mm -hmm. not going to work. And so you, and I know that it does sound harsh, but it's, to me, it's harsher to not give that, have that energy available for your family. So always think from that perspective. 
Okay, we've gone. We, okay, we've talked about emotional clutter a lot. Cause that's a big one. <laughs> um, let's move to the next one, and that's schedule clutter. And this is also could go back to your family. Yeah. Sometimes I look at my schedule, my calendar, my paper calendar, and I'm like, "What is? Why is this happening? Why do I have so many things?" And it's usually a mix between deadlines and then family activities, appointments, errands. And then every day, and I, and I try so hard to just break it up like a little bit each day, but then I swear, like it keeps building and building and building as I get towards the end of the week. So like all those things that I couldn't get to the beginning of the week all come like Thursday and Friday. And then I'm yeah. like, oh my God, what is happening? So I, and you know, this is a hard one because as a business owner, you have a lot of things on your plates. You have a lot of things you want to accomplish every day to keep your business moving forward and to complete deadlines and orders for your, for your customers and keep your clients happy. So how do you not overschedule yourself as an indie parent? I, I don't even know. I think it's just setting some realistic expectations and I think a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to really shoot high every single day. And some days well, you just can't. Yeah. And didn't we do a whole episode about how to say no? Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. You just have to say no. Go back and find that. <laughs> I know. <Season> one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it's just hard for us because we we bust our butts. I mean, that's what makes us business owners. That's what makes us different from you know, the rest and why we're good at what we do is because we put each day, you know, we, if you're like me, you wake up and you're just like balls to the wall from the moment you wake up, you know, hardcore. And then you pick up your kids and then you've got to go hardcore for the rest of the night for your family. Yeah. And you can see Amy and I, if you can see our phones, you can see that we, we end up, you know, talking business from about (laughs) 7am till the time that we go to bed and we tend to you know you start the your day and i mean when we're saying we work really hard we mean indie parents in general i don't just oh yeah i mean like yeah all of us that are all of us yes but yeah we but we love it that's why we're doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. we're not stuck in jobs that we hate we made this decision and you guys made this decision to be in a job in a career in a business that you love so why wouldn't you want to start it like that but that does bring it back to the point where you can very easily overschedule yourself. Like I'm looking at my Google calendar right now. And even today, it's like, well, every bit of the day has already been chunked off or something. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes you're going to have those days. But I think if you can attempt to find days when, you know, you just don't say, you know, on Wednesdays, I I just don't schedule any phone calls or meetings or whatever it is. And it won't always work out that way. But if you know you have that one day that's a little lighter, then you can sort of adjust your schedule from there. Like I really try not to schedule things on days when my daughter has swimming lessons after school because it's a really it's a long day, and mm-hmm. and fitting too many things into that gets it just gets too hectic. Right, and it also goes back to when you when you do have something on your schedule to just focus on that thing that you have on your schedule and not get distracted by email or Facebook or social media so that you can really be intentional with your time. And I have found that when I am extra intentional with meeting everything that all my deadlines or errands or whatever it is on my calendar, and I'm just doing those things, I'm not taking any other phone calls, I'm not opening up email, I'm not getting on social media, you can actually get it done in a timely manner. It's all the distractions throughout the day 
that make you feel overwhelmed. And so I say, you know, if you do have a heavy schedule, because and especially if you have several children and you have all these activities and appointments and things you've got to rush around, it's it's hard to work when you're in the car driving around your kids. So you have to be very, very intentional with the time that you have. And I know it's not easy because you want to answer every email you get because that means that that's probably money in your inbox. You need to respond. But Does anyone else hate email as much as I hate email? Email is just like <laughs> I, I think that we should we should for sure have a whole podcast just on email because there are so many things to, to talk about and it's mostly the the obsessive checking of it and then it's such a distraction because then you're in this conversation with somebody that you had that was not on your calendar that day. Yep. But yet you should still have a window where you do check email. It doesn't need to be every five minutes though. I think today my goal is to turn off the little notification in the corner of my computer that tells me when I have an email. Yeah, you should I turned not, it off on my no, phone, but I need to turn it that. off on my computer. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have that. I do not have that. But I will click over on the tab yeah. and I see that it says inbox 5, inbox 10. I'm like, oh, someone emailed me. you know. And really it should be shut out because that's not what I have assigned myself to work on at that yeah. time of the day. I have made a promise to myself that I don't answer business emails after you know, 5 or 6 in yes. the evening because I... Yes. You never want to set a precedence that mm-hmm. you'll answer someone at 11.30. I agree. I have done the same thing. And I really yeah. try not to work in the evenings. I haven't been. I used to all the time. And I really haven't been much uh, lately. So, and it, it makes a difference. You really need that separation. Because, man, when, you, when you're working all night, then all day, it's like you can't get excited about going back into it after you wake up in the morning. Because you, you feel like you just, just did it. Yeah. <laughs> Like when I worked at a really crappy call center job in my early 20s, I used to dream about taking calls all night. And then I would wake up and have to go and take calls. And I was like, I just did this. I can't stand it. Yeah, that's not good. And yeah, you don't want to get to a point where this, again, this business that you've chosen because you love it is a burden. Because then you've just gone full circle back to what you didn't want before. And, you know, I remember... Uh, Holly Homer, who is just a fabulous blogger and and businesswoman, I was watching one of her G chats, uh, those those G plus live chats years ago. Oh, the hangouts. Yeah, the hangouts. Um, and she was talking about making your time intentional and how to stick to your schedule. She would use a physical timer, not even a virtual one, but one that you would use to cook something. Yes. Just a little timer and just set it. This is my email time. And when that dings, you move on to the next thing and you stick to that and you can be so productive. There's if, a name for that, that, the Pomodoro technique. Is Am it? I saying oh, that right? I don't know. I didn't know there was a name for it, but that sounds Probably very fancy. totally butchering it, but it's <laughs> pom- Pomodoro. Pomodoro? Something like that. But it's the little tomato timer. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Italian. But yeah, it's a whole method where you set your timer and you only work. And I do that when I'm cleaning. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> because then, you know, in 15 minutes, I could clean my whole kitchen. Or in 15 minutes, I could goof around and, you know, watch a bit of TV and check my phone and do this and this and this. But if you know you only have those 15 minutes, you get it done. It just exactly magically gets done. <laughs> Think about when, you know, when someone calls you and says, hey, I'm going to stop by your house because I'm in the neighborhood. And then you do a mad clean of like yeah. the main areas of your house. Isn't it amazing like how much you can get done in 10 minutes? Or I'll wake up late. <laughs> yeah. and I'm supposed to, you know, it's like, well, you have to leave the house in seven minutes or Gretchen will be late for school. I can shower and make a lunch and make a <laughs> breakfast and coffee in like four minutes right. if I only have four minutes. <laughs> right. But then when we know we have all day, 
we just take our time, our sweet time, and then we're like, oh, why am I so stressed out? Well, it's because we didn't manage our time properly. And it's so easy to do, especially when it comes to the online world, which we're about to get into. The last section of clutter is virtual clutter. This is a big one. Most of us have our businesses online in some shape or form. Usually that means social media or a website. And, you know, even G, you know, I say Gmail, email can be one of those forms too. Virtual clutter. We, it's so distracting when we are working on either writing, creating a flyer online or we're writing an article, whatever it is that we're doing, we're working away, we're focused. And then we get a little ding that we've got a Facebook message. And then once you go over to Facebook, it's over. It doesn't matter if you're over there for a Facebook message. You're like, oh, the new Star Wars trailer. And then you go into that. And you're like, oh, look, it's, Game over. it's Kim, who I haven't talked to in a while. I wonder what she's doing. And then you click over to Kim. And you're like, oh, wow, she just had a baby. Wow, I, got, I need to send her. You know, And you're just in the, this deep, dark hole of <laughs> social media, Facebook. It's usually Facebook. But whatever it is, there's – or it might you might be, you know – into YouTube videos and looking at kitten videos or whatever it is you get you have we all Fall have our down vice. The rabbit hole <laughs> and then you're done yeah you're, we all have our vices and our weaknesses whatever it, it could be gaming I don't know whatever it is you know you can if you know that you can easily get lost in that you should just not even have that window open you should not have those notifications at all and no. just make your little schedule this is my time to check on Facebook and you have 15 minutes or whatever you know is a reasonable amount of time for you and then that's it and the same with email. I only am going to check email for 15 minutes from 10 to 10.15 today. And you set your timer and you're intentional with it. And then you don't check it again until maybe later in the day. You don't need to check every five minutes in order to have your business run properly. I have found that even when you wait four hours to respond to something, you still get the job. Yeah. It's okay. And I think we've <laughs> sort of fallen into this habit of thinking that email is instant communication. Mm. I think that, I mean, tell me if this is true for you, Amy, but I feel like if someone sends me an email, I'm probably not going to get that immediately. Like, that's not the best way to reach me right in this moment. A Facebook message or a text is going to reach me. And if you don't want to talk to me at all, you should call me because I probably won't answer my phone. (laughs) I I bet. Like, email and phone is just, is the, pretty much the bane of my whole existence. But if you sent me a tweet or you sent me a Facebook message or a text, I would probably get back to you pretty quickly because those are the forms of communication that I feel like my introvert self can handle a little bit better. (laughs) If you get so many of those and then people know that that's the way to get to you and you will respond right away, that can be a trap as well. Yeah. And so it's it's difficult. My favorite button on Facebook is the mark as unread feature so that I can read something and then lie to you and say that I haven't read it yet. So then I don't, I feel like I'm not hurting people's feelings. I'm admitting way too many bad things about myself. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence with Facebook messaging. I feel like from a business standpoint, it's not my favorite way to yes, communicate. Friends. I, that's yeah, friends I feel like this, that's, but I get so many that are business related. I, I like it just for personal reasons in that I don't need to respond right away or if, you know, if it's a good friend, then I, I may. But it's it could be such a distraction yeah. that I could be then pulled into this other world, which is Facebook, and then I'm now totally off my schedule, I'm off my game, and now I'm in this dark distraction hole of 
of Facebook. So there's one thing that I have done previously. I don't have it set up right now, but previously I have set up my Facebook messages to come to my IM on my desktop. Mm -hmm. So it just opens up like a text message. So I'm still in my Facebook messaging through that. Right. But not in the ever so tantalizing (laughs) Facebook feed. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think you could do that with Skype as well. Yeah. And I found that that helps a little more because then I can still get to those messages, but I'm not inundated with like BuzzFeed bacon Nutella videos. So I don't get distracted. (laughs) Exactly. So I guess what we're saying here is be really intentional with your time. This comes goes with your schedule and your virtual virtual mm-hmm. clutter to really be intentional and really, even though it seems silly, schedule out your, your blocks of time throughout your day, including time where you just rest or you just meditate or you actually take a lunch or take a walk, you know, schedule those things in. And you will find that your day feels less daunting and, and less heavy and you'll feel productive at the end of the day. And you can even set a timer for those. Yeah. A million definitely. times I have set a timer for 20 minutes and just lay down or drank coffee. Exactly. Yeah. Or watched part of Gilmore Girls, which, by the way, new episodes on Netflix. I know. Are you so excited? I am so excited. <laughs> I just, I didn't even watch the whole season oh. until like a year ago. I went through and watched them and it took me, of course, forever because there's so many seasons. And so I was so sad when it was over. And I felt like that last season was not very satisfying because it wasn't done by the same producer and director. And so I'm so glad that she can finally do it justice. So sidetrack there. But I'm so excited. excited. All right. (laughs) Well, I think we can wrap up this show. And I hope you got some bits and pieces out of this for the clutter in your life. And Desiree's going to assign some homework and close our show out. So today's homework, again, I'm trying to keep these super actionable, super easy so that you will actually go and do them and report back. Today I want you to get rid of some piece of clutter, I don't care how small it is or how big it is, in one of these categories and tell us about it. Whether it's I cleaned off my desk or I cleaned out the fridge or I donated those boxes I meant to get rid of four years ago or I, you know, set some boundaries with someone in my personal life, something like that. I want you to get rid of any piece of clutter in these categories and you can check out the blog post at theindieparent.com. And I want you to report back. You can tweet us at uh, using the hashtag, hashtag IndieParent, and we will see that, and we'll retweet you too. You can use that hashtag on Instagram as well, because we're always hanging out there. And yeah, I would like you to send over that homework. We're going to do the same. Amy and I will share in our blog post today. Or, well, if you go head over to the blog, it will already be there because of the magic of the internet. Mm-hmm. We will share the bit of clutter that we're getting rid of today as well. Thanks again for listening to episode three, season two of the Indie Parent Podcast. My name is Desiree Fawn. I'm here with Amy Belgart, and you can catch us every week, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. See you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.